What's going on and welcome into the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a game day edition as the Pelicans welcome in the Phoenix Suns tonight inside the Smoothie King Center. And my guest today is Andrew Lopez from ESPN.com covering the NBA and the New Orleans Pelicans. Andrew, I appreciate the time. Hope you and yours are safe during this tough time. Yeah, man, we, we, we definitely are. It's uh, it, it's been a it's been a crazy week, dude. It's, it's been a crazy week, not only uh, in, in Louisiana, but uh, across the region. And I know that's it's it's personal for you in, in that regard. It's personal for I think for a lot of people. Um, it, it's it, it's just a, it's a wild time. And I'm, I'm just wishing everybody stays safe. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, my friend. And it, it's so weird. You know, we're here on game days for home and I, I never see you. It's just tough. You're always up there uh, in the upper deck and we're in uh, we're in the studios here. It's just it's just an odd situation. How, how is it for you guys? We haven't talked to you in a while. I, I know it's got to be tough for you guys up there. The atmosphere is not the same as it normally is. Just how odd is it for you guys that you are able to at least watch them live in person? But obviously it's not the same as you you normally would be covering this team. Yeah, it's um I miss it. Uh, I miss being able to, you know, go down on the court pregame and just kind of hang around. I even, you know, not even like too much. It's just you're you're watching or you're you're seeing people. You're talking to people, looking at you know, you actually see players like face to face. It's it's just been uh, it's been it's been it's been weird again. Uh, you know, we're sitting up in the in the, in the top, so they can uh, obviously so. So you guys can have fans in the arena and and the fans are obviously well spaced out. And uh, in most areas, there are, there are fans next to us now, which I think is kind of funny. Um, but it's you you miss it. And, and I, I remember there, there were a couple of people who I talked to at the start of the season and, and ESPN kind of told us at first, they're like, look, you if, if you don't want to go, uh, you, you don't you don't have to. Um, they weren't they were going to force you into games while while everything was still going on and I was like no I'm I'm going like I'm I need to be back in an arena I need to just even though we can't do anything we literally and this is I guess a, a snapshot for everyone else out there um normally when we would get to an arena uh you you go in you make a right toward you head toward the locker room sometimes you'll see the opposing team kind of coming out sometimes you'll end up walking by the opposing team when they're coming in uh the 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 you know, dinner is right there in, in a little room on the, on the side. And then you can go walk down to the locker room for pregame or, uh, you know, talk to coaches or whatever you want to do. And it's just none of that right now. And it's you literally you just walk in. You have to go to go to a different direction. Go up to an elevator. You go to the third level. And that's it. You just watch the game up there and then you you do Zoom press conferences for pregame. You do Zoom press conferences for post and then you you walk out the arena. So. It's it's kind of weird because your only really interaction at the game is is with security and and your other writers on on our side. I know you guys are in in your section doing doing what you guys do on the lower level, and and so it's just kind of us hanging out up there uh, by ourselves in our little our little zone or whatever it is. Yeah, that's the only time I really see you is on these Zoom calls with with player media availability and see you all up there with your mask on and stuff like that. It's definitely. Been an interesting situation, but uh, to put it in perspective, I think, I know you agree with this that the fact that we have basketball right now is certainly good for us. And um, this Pelicans team, Andrew, has kind of gone on a little bit of a roller coaster ride this year. I think it's safe to say, you know, at the beginning of the season, after the four and two start, it was, oh wow, Stan Van Gundy's defense doing such a great job. They're they're really you know buying in with it. They've been focusing on it most of training camp. 
they get off to a good start and then everyone's like well where's the offense you have guys like Brandon Ingram Zion Williamson they're it was hard for them to find points. And now we're looking at it in the opposite direction where, man, the offense looks great. They put up 144 points the other night against Memphis, put up 124 on Wednesday night against Portland. But the defense has now struggled a little bit, especially defending the perimeter. I guess what has changed from what you've noticed, uh, kind of how it's gone in opposite directions now? Yeah, it's um, it, it really has been a, a complete turn. I remember, I think, what, they they, they they couldn't score 100 points in, I think, three of the first four games. Now it's it's almost expected. <laughs> if, if, if you're not hitting that number by the 10-minute the mark of the fourth quarter, something went wrong. Uh, overall, what this this team is now, what, seventh seventh in the league offensively, which is, is just crazy. Uh, defensively, however, they're, they're, they're 29th, uh, I believe, still. Uh, if this would update real quick, just so I can confirm that number. There we go. Uh, it's it's technology, man. It's uh, uh, 29th, right above where the Blazers are. Uh, but And it's kind of funny. The It's just it, – I think Stan talked about it the other night. It's just certain lapses in certain games where it's a three-, four-minute stretch here where it's a 15-2 run or a, a end of the quarter where it's a 10-0 run or something like that. And, and those are what's – what's hurting the Pelicans. You, you look at, and, and you and, and Graf talked about this um, before the, before the Blazers game on, on, uh, on the pregame show, Portland and in New Orleans have very similar offensive rating, defensive ratings um, and net ratings right now. Uh, Portland is fifth in the NBA in offensive rating. Uh, the Pels are seventh defensive rating. Their Pels are 29th, Blazers are 28th. The, the net rating minus 0.1 for the Pels, my, uh, 0.7 plus for, for Portland. And there's a six-game record difference. And it comes down to, I think, those lapses and clutch time. And, and the Pelicans have not been very good in clutch time this year. I believe they're 6-6 six and six now uh, in, in clutch games. And there's been a, a probably a handful of games in which they've been up before and then gotten down by more than five in the last five minutes. So – when, when you look at these issues, I, I think it's, it's, it's mental lapses for five, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, a quarter, even uh, there, there's been too many times. I think this year where we've heard Stan Van Gundy come into uh, a presser that basically just says, you know, we play three quarters tonight. We played three and a half quarters tonight. It, it, we, we played 40 minutes, not 40, you know what I mean? And, and I think that's what you got to get to. Once you can get, find that consistency, you'll, you'll start to see it take off. Even, you know, I, I think they've started to respond a little bit when they get punched in the mouth more. That was something that I don't think was uh, something they did early on. But for now, I, I, I really think it's starting to to still turn around a little bit. But but it's the consistency that they need to to be able to play a full forty eight minutes. When I use one of your millions of ESPN stats and info stats, one of them's we'll get Best to that. Part. We will Best get. Part. We will get to that because I think I say your name more in a broadcast than I do my own, just based on crediting you with all the stuff that you're able to come up with, which is fantastic. But one of the ones I really started tracking after you brought it up, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, is how many leads they've had by double digits. And now they have the most losses when holding a double digit lead. And last night they had a lead of up to 15. And I talked about this with Jim on our post game show Wednesday night about how this is, you know, kind of a different era too, as far as, you know, games of runs and how it's kind of easy for you to blow a 10 point lead. Is that the case with this team? Or is this also a young team that again, has been playing really well 
on the offensive side of the ball. And you mentioned those 15-2 runs of spurts of defense. Is that really kind of the biggest reason why, you know, it's very promising to see that they've had those types of leads in each game, but for the most part, they haven't been able to hold on to them a lot of the time. Two two things to that. One, um, I know I think I think they're up to having the most losses, but but it's not like a like an uncommon thing this year. Uh, for instance, the Miami Heat, who were in the, the 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 NBA Finals last year, they've blown leads. I think of 18, 19, 15, 14. Like they've blown some pretty big leads this year. Uh, I do think some of that has to do with the the shooting for for opponents. Um, everybody's shooting the ball better. It's empty arenas for the most part, even, even, I mean, even at the smoothie King when it's where it's, you know, where you guys have 19, you know, 1950 or whatever it is right now. Um, it's still an, an empty arena for the most part. I mean, it, it, a few fans here and there, I don't think anybody's going to really, I don't think 1900 fans are going to really sway Dame Lillard trying to, you know, take a, take a deep shot or something like that. But um, it, it, I do think it's part of figuring out how to win games. Uh, it, it, it's one thing to be really good. And I think, you know, Wednesday night's game was a perfect example of that is you're, you're looking at how, you know, who gets the ball in the last second, where, where does everybody need to be? And it's, they just haven't been in those clutch situations where it's final play, who gets the ball. Um, for instance, like Zion has not in his 51 games, Zion had that has zero field goal attempts in the final 20 seconds um, to, to either tie the game or go ahead. And that's not saying that, uh, and I know a lot of fans probably listen to this and he's like, yeah, he should have won, but uh, that's not to say they did anything wrong on Wednesday night against Portland. They just haven't been in those situations yet um, when he's been in the game. It, it, it's been kind of tough. So uh, it's, it was a good, I think, growing moment. I think it was Scott Kushner brought that point up to Zion, and Zion absolutely agreed. He said, yeah, we need to learn from this. We need to learn what, one, what to do, uh, and two, what we, we need to take this and remember, hey, we don't want to feel like this again. we got to move on and grow. So I, I do think it's, it's a part where you, you'd like to see um, some growth there. And, and again, you got to remember it's a young team who – hasn't hasn't really been a lot of game winning situations. I mean, even going back to last year, you obviously you had the BI shot against Utah. Um, Melly sent them to to overtime against against Dallas in, in one of one of the craziest shots I think I've seen um, since I've been covering this team. But uh, those opportunities have been few and far between. Um, so I think even even when you get it and you and you fail, it's still a good building block for this team moving forward. I'll get to Zion in a second, but I want to go back to you talking about the lack of fans in, in a lot of these arenas here. And, uh, and that's been a question brought up to many players. And you've been bringing up the question, too, how much that really has affected the offense and the defense, whether it's the communication on the court where you can basically hear anything now. But also really less pressure on these guys whenever there's instead of 20,000 screaming fans, there's sometimes no fans in there or maybe 1,900 like there were on Wednesday night. Do you buy into the fact that that is an impact on – uh, the high scoring that we're seeing from teams this year? I do. Uh, I really do. Um, and if, if it wasn't because it was the same in the bubble, it, it's not like it just jumped at the start of the season. It, you, you saw an increase in the bubble. You saw uh, these teams with these, with these backlit dark arenas. And I, I think it just changes uh, the shooter's eye. I, I, um, 
I know, I know some shooters have, I think we talked to JJ about it once and JJ kind of, you know, she shoot it away. Like, yeah, you know, shooters just going to shoot. It's just, but when, when you jump that much and every team is doing it in, in, in such a one year jump, uh, I, I think it's more than just teams just, just, just getting better shooting. You know, maybe some more, more teams are playing this after seeing the success that Milwaukee had with it in the regular season, maybe more teams are starting to go to the shoot threes, go for it type, uh, type defense, kind of like, like the Pels have done where you, you pack the paint and you kind of dare a team to shoot, but it, too many teams are shooting too well for it just to be an anomaly. I think um, to me, I think there's, there's, there's definitely uh, something to these, these empty arenas leading to these, these shooting percentages. Yeah. It's definitely something to keep an eye out on uh, as maybe more teams start allowing more fans, hopefully as we start improving, getting more vaccines and things like that. Well, let's talk about Zion because, man, it, you talk about your stats from ESPN Stats and Info. That guy has taken up a lot of your time trying to figure out different shooting things that he's been able to do, 30 points and 75% from the field, the youngest since that, through 50 games. I mean, you name it. Um, is there someone – is this just a computer that generates all that stuff for you? Because if there's a person behind that that has to look up that stuff, I mean, it's amazing the type of things you're able to bring up with ESPN Stats and Info. So there is a person who brings up this type of stuff. Um, we have a whole team that brings this stuff up. It, it, it's called the, those, those people you see, the, the ESPN stats and info. Um, there's a whole team designed to this and multiple people on uh, at night, uh, every, every night. It's, it's one of the most amazing parts of, of, of being at ESPN, for sure, uh, of having these people you know, in a, basically in a, in, a, in a Slack chat and you can ask them almost anything and, and, and get a response right away. Uh, it, 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 it's just, it, it's fantastic. And they, they do a lot of the work. Now, a lot of times I'll, you know, you can, as a writer, come back and say, hey, you know, Z's got, I think Z's got, you know, X amount of consecutive field goals. You know, give me, give me some historical context on that. And they'll go up to, look and whatever you know sometimes they'll look in the second spectrum or elias or whatever it is um and we'll get help from those guys but it's it's a it's a fantastic tool um that i don't think i could live without now uh that i that i've experienced this i think like if if espn ever was like all right uh you know thank you for your service you're you know i'd be like can i can i still get in the slack channel can i still just (laughs) Like I want, like I just want to be in there. I want, I just want, to, I just want to read what you guys have. It's, I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. And, uh, like I said, some you can go up and say, hey, you know, can you check this shot chart or can you do this? And, and they're always there and they're always able to 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 give you those answers. It, it's absolutely fascinating. And I just, I, I nerd out every time I open the chat. I'll go open. So in in our chats, we we have just it's just a ton of information from obviously just Pell's games, every other game that's going on, I'll just hop in other stuff and just read sometimes and just kind of go through the Slack channel like, oh, oh, Trey Young's the 40, you know, 40 point game since here or, or whatever it is. And you just kind of keep going and going and going. It's just kind of funny. No, as, as a stat nerd myself, I mean, I, I'm just glued to it. And I have alerts for you on my phone. So I know whenever during a game we're ready to go because we use a lot of them during the game. It's absolutely fantastic. And we're certainly glad that you're able to share them with us um, as well. 
Um, let's talk about Zion, though, and all those stats that you're able to get from him in this year. And I think everyone is, is starting to talk about playmaking Zion. You talk about point Zion, Duke Zion, playmaking Zion, whatever you want to call it. What have you seen, the growth? What have you seen as far as his growth, even just in his last month or so, where it's just like he's taking it to another level? And just when you think he can't take it to another level, he does. His free throw shooting is certainly improving. He took another three last night and, and hit one. He's hit one in two straight games. Um, wh- what have you seen since covering him from, from day one and his growth from then uh, all the way to now? He looks he looks just so much more comfortable with the NBA game. I remember uh, that Spurs game, the first the first night, January 22nd, 2020, uh, the Spurs were sending double teams at him that night. And, and, and it was like NBA level double teams were, were, were a different thing. Now it's almost like that just doesn't phase him. Uh, the playmaking obviously is taking a step up. In his last uh, nine games, he's averaging four four point seven assists a game. Um, you can really even stretch it back if you if you go back to that when they came back off that road trip, which is really when he started bringing the ball up. He's averaging you know four point four assists a game. You mentioned the the free throw shooting. That's almost seventy nine percent in his last. Uh, nine games and if if he's basically shooting in his last nine games it's just absolutely ridiculous because you you th- it's, it's almost like video game type like efficiency he's averaging 28 points while shooting 69.3 percent from the field uh 79 from the free throw line and he's you know three of six from three in that span last night he had a corner three for the first time uh in, in his career Technically, I, I'm going to say he attempted a corner three for the first time. I'm going to go against the NBA mm-hmm. on that one, looking at the shot chart um, from where from where he was. But uh, he's just more comfortable. And I think the, the, the thing we got to remember is tonight's game 52. Uh, like he just he's played 51 career games. He is just over the halfway mark in a regular, normal, regular season. Um, so the fact that he is – is, is where he's at is it's just incredible. And uh, you mentioned the, the 30 point 75% field goal stat. It's one of my favorites. Uh, he's done it five times. The two guys behind him, Shaq and KG, they've done it. They did it a combined five times. And this is before you turn 21. Um, and when he did it for the fifth time, it was his 50th NBA game. That's 10% of his games that he's done. He scored 30 points and had 75% uh, field goal percentage. It's insane what he's done. Um, you know, every night, so you go back to ESPN stats and info, it, it's, he does something that, you know, hasn't been done since Shaq. It puts him in the same conversation as Michael Jordan or, or, or Giannis in terms of points in the paint. It, it's ridiculous. His, he, he scored more points or so many points in his first 50 games in the paint that the only other players to score that many points in the paint in any 50 game span, let alone it be your first 50 or a rookie or under 21 or Shaq and Giannis. Uh, in the last 25 years or whatever it was. So the, the fact that they are where they are, it's just, it, it's, it's incredible stuff. Yeah, it's certainly incredible watching him grow in front of our very own eyes. And New Orleans has, is very lucky to have a guy like Zion that, you know, puts up those numbers day in and day out. A couple more questions before I let you go. And I kind of want to piggyback off that Zion, uh, Zion stats, but we talk about the all-star game coming up that there most likely is going to be one. Even if not, they're going to still select all-stars and look, the Western Conference is always tough when trying to figure out not only who the starters are going to be, but who are going to fill those, I believe it's 12 slots. Maybe is it still 12 slots it's for this year? Yeah, yeah, it's still 12. Even, even though I think there's uh, there's still some 
I mean, I, I, you have 13 players on that are active for a game. I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't think there would be many people who would be upset if, if they went to 15, especially if it meant uh, a couple more extra and extra minutes to sit uh, in the game for some of these stars. But, you know, for, for right now, that's, that's, that's where we're at. So where I'm going with this is uh, I know Zion and BI are, are ones that we're pushing to vote. I know voting is over, but let's just start focus on Zion right now, just because of how he's been playing. Do you see him? You don't have to tell me whether, you know, you, you voted for him or not. I'm not, do you, I'm sure you get an all-star vote. Um, I, I do. I do not actually. I'm not, okay. I'm not, I'm not that high enough on the ESPN uh, food chain yet to, uh, to get votes. Well, that's the next step. You got your ESPN stats and info. The next step is to get you an all-star vote, but all right, let's say you filled one out though, just for the hell of it. Are you putting Zion Williamson on there? And if so, or I guess either way, well, what's your reasoning behind it? So here, here's, here's the thing to, to me for, for this it, uh, to, to give everybody a, a, a taste of, of what it's like for, for uh, media voting, media votes on the five starters for the game. Everything else is coaches, fans, and all our, our coaches uh, pick out the back, the back end of the roster. Um, but obviously we all love to take and talk about the, who, who we're going to pick. Um, your starters, I think, are pretty much set in the West. Uh, Joker, LeBron, Kawhi, Steph, Dame. Make an argument for Luca uh, as as a guard there, but uh, uh, right off the bat, that's six guards. I mean, six players that are like complete, absolute shoe ins, no matter what, right? Um, then you get into, you know, a Donovan Mitchell. You know, you 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 think that the Jazz will be rewarded. What happens with Chris Paul and Devin Booker? Um, and, and that's where things I think start to get um, a little dicey for somebody like a Zion because you still have like an Anthony Davis, who's going to get selected, even though he's probably not going to play in the game. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, maybe, maybe a, a, a Rudy Gobert who, who definitely gets in the game. And I, I think it's Jay, it becomes tight. And I think when, when you ultimately get down to it, there's probably nine, maybe 10 locks. And then you get into Zion, which Phoenix Sun goes? Do the Jazz get three? Maybe not now since Conley hasn't played. Because um, Conley's going to have obviously a big, uh, <laughs> a really big uh, contingency to get him that first All Star game. Yep. It right now, it, it, and, and in talking with some other people, I, I honestly don't know if I'd put Z in right away. Uh, I I think he he ends up getting in the game, say maybe as Anthony Davis's replacement, um, or or he snatches one of those those final spots. Obviously, uh, when it when it comes down to that, I, I could totally see it, one hundred percent. It's just it, it's a numbers crunch in the West. Um, when your when your team is is four games under five hundred, it, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't help you. Um, where I think like you know Z and Brandon Ingram are both at playing at an All Star level. I don't, I don't necessarily know if, if you get two in, especially if you don't, you know, when you're, when you're 12 and 16, excuse me. So, uh, but I think the way he's kind of turned it on late, will 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 we'll give him some help. It, it, it just becomes a, the, the win loss becomes a record. And then obviously it's, it's just a deep, a deep Western conference. I, I haven't even mentioned Paul George. Right. Um, so I knew, I knew there was one that I was like, there's another guy that I haven't got. So to many. Yet. Um, so if you take those first five and then you add AD, a Paul George, a Rudy Gobert, a Donovan Mitchell, 
that's that's nine. Uh, one of the, the Chris Paul, Devin Book. I mean, and then you're looking in there. So you got yeah. Shago, Alexander, you got Z. It, it, it's some competition there for for those you know eleven and twelve spots. Um, whether or not both Phoenix guys get in, it's it, 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 it's it's a lot right there. So that that's where I think it becomes uh, really really tight. But uh, he's absolutely done enough to to deserve getting in, especially with the numbers and the efficiency uh, that he's playing with right now. Absolutely, fair points there. Um, before I let you go here, I think nine games left for the Pelicans uh, before the All Star break. It seems like we'll be here before you know it. That the first half of the season is going to be done. What do you want to see? far as growth in these last nine I know obviously the defense is probably something that you're going to keep an eye on whether it's a certain player whether it's how they play whether it's certain matchups that they'll see uh, some good teams especially on this homestand coming in with Phoenix and Boston but you also play, play Milwaukee you play Miami play Utah again what do you want to see in these final nine from this team that to show you that they're really heading in the right direction as the second half approaches I, I just want to see consistency I mean, if we're being quite honest, I just want to see some consistency. This is a team who, uh, since since they came back from that 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 road trip, the 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 fourteen day long road trip that ended with the loss to Minnesota, um, they're the second best offense in the league, one hundred and twenty three point four offensive rating. There's a positive net rating there, even though the defense has been, uh, I think, last in the league over that stretch as well, or second to last. Uh, 27th actually um there they have a positive record seven and six continue to to put yourself uh, one i just want to see consistency and two, continue to put yourself in the situations you were in against portland when you're playing these good teams just have a chance to win it and eventually you'll learn how to win that that's that's going to be what happens you'll you'll that'll will happen um and i think that's kind of the key for me here is, is to make sure you continue to play with consistency on the defensive end. I think we've seen a little bit of, uh, of some changes there. Obviously we, we, you had the, the, the stretch where there was 67 threes in three games, which is just unacceptable. Uh, some teams just shoot it different than other teams. But uh, to me, I think that's, that's the kind of the key right now is, is consistency. And, and, and when you're playing these good teams, if you're playing them at home, obviously you don't want to have situations where you're drawing up a game winning play every day, but get yourself in those situations more so you can learn how to win. And I think that's going to be key moving forward. Good stuff there. That's Andrew Lopez who covers the NBA and the Pelicans for ESPN.com. You can follow him in his many stats on Twitter at underscore Andrew underscore Lopez. Andrew, I really appreciate the time. It's been really uh, nice to at least see you in person from a computer uh, either way. Uh, hope we can see each other soon, but keep up the great work. Really enjoy your coverage, and we'll talk to you down the road. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Great stuff there from Andrew Lopez of ESPN and ESPN.com covering the league and the Pelicans tonight. Pelicans and Suns from the Smoothie King Center. Game two of the four-game homestand. Coverage starts at 6.30 on Fox Sports New Orleans and ESPN New Orleans. Tip-off set for 7 p.m and the Pelicans over the weekend will take on the Boston Celtics on Sunday, 2.30 p.m. Central Time against the Celtics. And then Wednesday, they'll wrap up the homestand against the Pistons. We'll have another podcast for you on Monday afternoon. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Stay warm, stay safe. And until next time, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seat.